Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is our second Literature Wednesday episode. We're super excited to be back, and judging by the numbers of our last literature episode, you are too, so that's really exciting. Um, today we're going through the next three chapters in the book that we started last week, which is The Magician's Nephew, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. We are, uh, not by popular opinion, but rather in a very controversial (laughs) way, beginning with The Magician's Nephew. So, uh, for those of you who are apparently true, true fans, uh, buckle up. This means war because we're, we're starting with uh, Magician's Nephew. So don't hate us for that. Um, my pastor does. So I don't know. I can't take any more hate. <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the chapters we're going to be covering today are the next three chapters in the book. Last week, we covered the first three. Now we're covering the bell and the hammer, chapter four. Chapter five is the deplorable world, and chapter six is the beginning of Uncle Andrew's troubles. So, is it deplorable world or deplorable word? Uh, it's a word, uh, not not a world. See, okay. it's always one chapter that I have to get wrong. So that's <laughs> your wrong named chapter of the week, everybody. So uh, that's Did done. you get one wrong last week? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I really? was reading it and I thought it was w- war between the worlds. It's it's wood. Ah, <clears throat> so, uh, yes. We'll see what I get yes, wrong next I remember week. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was particularly entertaining. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Um, but, uh, you know, we always say this is a discussion where we're not meaning to completely spoil this book, give everything away. If you've been following our show for the last two years, coming up on two years in July, by the way, so that's going to be exciting. We're going to have to do something. We're actually doing something very special for our 200th episode, which comes out next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, If you're a podcast listener, it's not going to, but if you're watching, which I hope everyone's watching because we put a lot of effort into the set and into editing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I hope you're watching. Um, But if you're a podcast podcast listener, that's fine too. We appreciate that. But you just won't get all of the benefits of the new 200th episode setup. So anywho, um, so we don't want to spoil everything in this book. We just kind of want to give you an overview, want to discuss some of our favorite aspects and parts that we pulled out of these chapters. Um, And we think it's just interesting to um, pontificate about where C.S. Lewis was going with some of the things that he wrote. We might might be off base, but we're just going to talk about some of the conclusions that we drew and you can disagree with us, you know, send us emails, uh, send us messages. We'll certainly take that under advisement. (laughs) So... All right. So before we get into all that, though, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And it's Wednesday, which, yay, Jake is back. Uh, he gets to uh, he gets to take that segment today. So take it away, Jake. Well, I don't know if I'm going to do that great, but uh, the verse this week is First Timothy 6, 11 through 12. And it says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And in this, I don't have much to say about this, um, but 
to me, a parallel to this verse and another verse. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the other verse is. I I'm blanking on the verse reference right now. But um, the other verse that talks about um, think on these things, think about all these good things. Um, and now this is a little bit different because this is talking about pursuing these things, going forth into action because there's very actionable wording here. Uh, in the sense of flee these things or fight the good fight of the faith or pursue, take hold. These are very like physical things that we are to do. Um, And to think of this, we are to pursue righteousness, to physically pursue righteousness. And what what does that look like throughout life? Again, uh, I think as I made last week, the point of applying that to all areas of your work, applying these sorts of things. And what does that look like specifically for a man because of, because of going out into the workforce? Um, so pursuing righteousness in that, pursuing godliness, faith, love, steadfast, steadfastness, gentleness, um, and also the fight, the good fight of the faith, that there is an actual fight going on here. There's actually something bigger than just uh, this. There's more than a fight with sin in your own personal heart. Yes, there is that, but it's bigger than that. You're fighting sin on a cultural level as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. Take hold, take hold of the eternal life to life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, I, when I first hear that, I think of membership in the church, um, confessing that you believe these sorts of things in the church and that this is what you're agreeing to and that the church is actually going to hold you accountable to these things that you agree on. Mm. And yeah. again, that's in, that's in presence of many witnesses. That's the congregation. Um, yeah. But that's, that's when I, what I first think of when I uh, hear this. But Definitely focusing on that that first little bit. Uh, and again, like I said, I don't have much to say about this. There's, Well, I, yeah, I, I think you, you touched on something really good there at the end that I'd love to just pull on a little bit, which okay. is fascinating. A lot of people, well, no, no, like, actually, this is good. Let's discuss it just a little bit. Right, more. Like, right. not pull on what you're saying. <laughs> um, uh, if anything, I'm standing on what you're saying. <laughs> um so the you know the the whole there's the 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 Baptist versus Presbyterian debate, and a huge part of that is you should first confess your faith in front of many witnesses mm-hmm. and then be baptized, right? And we would argue that no, baptism is a covenant sign and seal, and it's one of the facets of the covenant that hasn't changed towards children, we believe, and so we baptize infants, even though they haven't made a public confession of faith but what we do is later on what we're saying we that baptism was still done in front of many witnesses it was done in front of an entire church of witnesses yes. and so yep. later in their life when they turn a you know go astray if if kids go astray which you know some will unfortunately then you pull them by their baptism you hold them to that you say no you were baptized as a child the covenant sign and seal mm-hmm. of god was placed on you never forget that Never forget that because that means something that's important and we're going to hold you back to that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's really good. As well. Yeah. 
Um, cool. Thank you, Jake. That was a great breakdown. Very, very well said and uh, a lot of really cool points. Definitely a lot to think about. So as we move into chapter four, again, we're not going to give everything away. We do want to explain our perspectives on it. Um, but we're, we're not going to say a ton about these chapters. Some interesting things happen just to give a, a survey of what occurs in the previous couple chapters, we were introduced to some new characters, the initial main characters. We were also introduced to this new world. We were introduced to a methodology for traveling between these worlds. And then mm -hmm. we end up in a new world. And this world is called Charn, which we discover in these three chapters. There's some really interesting things about this world. Um, the oldness of it is brought up several times. Uh, one of the things that comes up is our sun is a yellow sun. Their sun is red. Well, why is it red? Mm. Well, it's thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of years older than our mm -hmm. sun. So it burns steadily. And so it's old. It's an interesting. It's also time, interesting you know? that. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's also interesting that uh, Lewis made the, the point uh, in a sense to like jab at evolution to say, uh, your son is a young son. It's uh -huh. a it's a new son. It's yeah. not an old son. It's not a million years old, as yep. as evolutionists yep. would claim. Uh so I, I while being it's not the grace greatest evidence. It's not any any evidence <laughs> at all. It's just yeah. a jab at them. Yeah. It is uh, a little subtle subtle yeah. thing thrown yep. in there. Yeah, it is neat. Um. So we're introduced to this new world, and as it turns out, it's a very cold world. It's a lifeless world. We find out why later, and I actually, I think, Jake, let's leave that as a surprise. See if we can dance around that without spoiling it. That's a, because that's a big reveal. That is really cool. So let's see if we can leave that there. So readers leave will what, understand. Uh, the whole sun thing? No, no, no. The, the, the reason why it's lifeless. The reason why ah, it's lifeless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So then we're introduced in, in this chapter, it's literally called the bell and the hammer because what we see uh, as part of the thing that kicks off the whole next story arc, especially over the next three to four chapters yeah. and really signals this in a sense is almost paralleling Adam's fall. Almost not, mm. not quite, mm. not quite because in this, in this particular case, the man is the first to fall. Whereas in Adam's case, it was Eve who fell first and then gave it to Adam. But we still attribute Adam as the first fall because he was our representative head. So Eve fell, yes, but she wasn't representing us. Adam mm. was. And so we say Adam fell, even though he fell second. Well, in this case, Diggory actually ends up fell making first. the mistake. Yeah, <laughs> he isn't necessarily a representative head, but in some ways he is. So it's it's interesting. And that dynamic comes up later on. So anyways, he makes a mistake. And that mistake brings a whole new character into the world. Mm -hmm. Before we go too much further. Yeah, go, go yeah. ahead, Jake. I know you wanted to bring up yeah. some stuff about that. First. Before, Yeah, before we do go further, I did want to point out the fact that we mentioned in our last episode last week, um, the nature of not childishness, but being a child and being especially a boy in this sense makes you adventurous. And we saw that we brought up the point that even, even Diggory is more adventurous than even Polly is. Um, and that this is a gift given to Diggory by God, but while it is a gift, 
it can also be his biggest downfall. And this is where we see his biggest downfall. I did want to read out um, the message that was written on this bell that he comes to uh, and see if what decision you would make at this time. (laughs) Um, The wording on the bell says, make your choice, adventurous stranger. Strike the bell and bide the danger or wonder till it drives you mad. What had what would have happened if you had? And um, with this, I do think Bruce wants to bring up a point about this as well. Uh, I mentioned it in the pre-show. Maybe he wants to talk about it. But you can um, take it. Go for it. Okay. But I well, my first first thing is talking about how this makes Diggory really adventurous and want to figure out what what is it. While Polly is saying apprehensive, no, no, let's not do that. It says, yeah. Uh, it says bide the danger. Wait, there's danger. <laughs> there's going to be danger. Let's stay away from Did danger. Read that Danger's part. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with this, Diggory, and, and in a sense, this is a this is a man or uh, a manly quality of risk taking. That yes, there's a risk, but it could end in something good. Maybe, maybe the the danger of the bell, um does something that is that is dangerous but but it could give you something good there's danger yes or or it could have given me something good so yeah who knows and that's and that's in a sense risk taking but with this i think also the fact of diggory being able to justify it and hmm. how how humans as a whole, the human nature is to justify things, justify their actions. Why are they making the decisions they're making um, and say that is for a good, good reason or, or to say, well, I have to. And that's literally what Diggory says. He says, oh, don't you see in this in this wording? It literally says it will drive you mad <laughs> um, if we don't hit it now. Look, yeah. And- we can't get away from it. We can't have to hit do it. it. Yeah. yeah. Can't not yeah. do it at this point. Yeah. Um, but which of course is you can see that it's like No, you you cannot hit it. You don't have to hit it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, and one of the things that I think is interesting before we move on to really talk more about the character that's released by this action, this this fall, if you will. Um we find a lineup of ancestry prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. There's images. There's like effigies of each ancestor for the last 100,000 years or more. Who knows? Um, and they start out kind. They start out wise looking nobles. They, you know, kings and queens. And down the line, things start to get less and less kind a little less and less wise and more and more stern and hard and there's a couple of different takeaways i think from this one is power corrupts obviously and if you let it this power will corrupt you to the point that you lose that wisdom you lose all of that kindness um not to put too fine a point on it but i think one of the interesting things about what the founding fathers did in america was that the amount of power you had was limited 
and the amount of time you had to wield that power was limited. So you had, you know, as president, four yeah. years, and the things you can do are not, you're not a king. You shouldn't be a king. And I think so. Go ahead. I think also this shows a point of becoming what you worship. Mm, the love yeah. of money causes you to become what you worship in a sense. You you want more and more money. And not worshiping God pushes you into um being sad, not feeling fulfilled, because that is our that God created us. And so when we do not follow God or serve God, there's a there's a hole, there's a void missing, and you do not feel happy. You do not have happiness or true fulfilling happiness. Um, and so that that happens. Um, so yeah. Go ahead. Yep. No, that's that's really good. But what it ended up doing was allowing for this greater evil to occur. And I think what's really fascinating is you see all of this down the line, things becoming, you know, less and less wise, less and less mm. kind. And the end result is someone who can justify away her actions. And mm -hmm. so I just, I want to read a quote because it, it mirrors almost exactly. And this is from the next chapter. The second. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the third chapter, chapter second chapter we're reading here. So the fifth. deplorable world. So yeah. the fifth chapter, right? Yeah. Sure. Probably. Yes. In the entire <laughs> book. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Interesting thing. This new character says, you must learn, child, that what would be wrong for you or for any of the common people is not wrong in a great queen such as I. The weight of the world is on our shoulders. We must be freed from all rules. Ours is a high and lonely destiny. And if you watched last week's episode, those phrase, that, that phrase should sound very, very familiar. And that we were building up, we were hyping up a greater evil that was previewed in an earlier chapter. This is that greater evil. And she goes on to be even greater as, as it goes. And I think as the series goes too, um, not just the book, but also the series. Um, but this was mirrored earlier. And it's interesting because the same kind of self-deception, self-delusion, self-justification that occurred in previous chapters is, is occurring here. And what you'll learn later is the genocide of this entire planet to make it cold and lifeless is the result of these generations of kings and queens who threw off this kindness, mm -hmm. who threw off this wisdom, who chose instead to want to get as much out of their people as they could to yeah. enslave them. We see that today. We see our the rulers of our day, the communists, the socialists, the Democrats, doing the same exact thing. Many of the Republicans, right? We're the lower class. We're the low peasants. And they want to rule us. They want to get the work off of our, the sweat off our backs, the shirt off our backs, have us do the hard work, and they reap the benefits. It's exactly yeah. what communism is. It's exactly what socialism is. It's exactly what all mm -hmm. the democratic policies that they're creating today, that's what they do. And the end, yeah. you become reliant on them and you'll do what they say. And so, they get money and wealth from it.
Yeah. Going back a second to um what you were saying before about the justification and and all that, I did want to bring up in the sense this is funny, uh in uh because it's it's just so dumb. I in a sense. But uh Jardis says that in in her whole in her whole description of this last battle on Charn, um she's speaking about how uh her sister brought it all about. Her sister destroyed her the world. Yeah, 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 it's it's her fault because she wouldn't let me take it all. She <laughs> didn't give it all to me. So yeah. I had to fight her for it. Right. She made so, me do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I find that I find that super funny and that fitting in with that point that you were saying before, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. She's so self-deluded, self-justifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of my absolute favorite phrases. I haven't brought it up on the show in a while, but it's my favorite, not because I like that this is true, but I love the accuracy of it. The the human capacity for self-justification is unparalleled. I mean, we can self-justify everything and we mm-hmm. don't even realize we're doing yeah. it it's second nature to us and it leads to so much evil and we'll see that as we go on all right so we got about nine minutes left the last <laughs> chapter yeah i know this went by really quickly um the last chapter is really an interesting one um and actually what i wanted to touch on before we got to the very last chapter we're talking about which is chapter six just before that they end up in the world. I almost did it again. The world between wood. the worlds. <laughs> wood between the worlds. Yeah. The, yeah, there it is. Wood between the worlds. Thank you. And something interesting begins to happen to Jadis, who is this kind of representation of evil. Um, again, it's not meant to be an allegory. We keep saying that. Astor Hansen kind of drove <laughs> that home very clearly. He was talking about how C.S. Lewis didn't write this to be a direct one-to-one allegorical relationship between you know, biblical history and our world um, and this world of Narnia. It's not meant to be a one-to-one relationship, but we can draw certain things from it. And I think this is a really good one to draw. We, we last week kind of made the comparison between the wood between the worlds being heaven-like, being an example of an aspect of heaven. Yeah, And I think that carries in now because you have the representation of evil enters the representation of heaven or an aspect of heaven. And what occurs is this sense of draining. It's this sense mm. of just complete, mm-hmm. like, paleness and no energy left. And and I think that it's just interesting because, you know, we talk all the time. We, you have the problem of evil, right? If God is all perfect and good and all of that, how can we have evil? And one of our answers is that evil is the absence of God. Evil is the darkness. Where does darkness come from? Well, it's the absence of light. When light comes in, the darkness just vanishes because darkness isn't a a thing. It just, it vanishes when the light comes. And so when, and it's not a perfect illustration, but it's an an illustration to get us thinking. So this I think is, is very much the same. What we have is she, she enters this, this evil of this a representation of evil enters this world of representation of perfect good. And her energy is just sapped. It's completely gone. Mm-hmm. And it shows us the true power of God, A. But B, it shows us just how weak and frail this evil really is. 
later on, we go on to find out that she doesn't have magic in our world at all. When in her world, Mm. she did. Which I think is just fascinating. You know, Lewis painted this picture of these powers being bound in our world. And uh, if you're a good post-millennialist, that should raise some red flags right there for you. Um, But those evil, that magical power is bound in our world. And she has. So what he's saying is that magic is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, magic used by her, I think, is evil. There's other kinds of magic. Um, Diggory's uncle was a magician, quote unquote, who had some okay. magical powers, right? But it wasn't the same kind of raw power that she possessed in Charn. So, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting thing to bring up. So, one of the things, though, we we finally end up in our world again and this evil is in our world and and things begin to happen um there's an interaction between uncle diggory or uncle uh andrew and and the witch as she'll be called from now on um and we find that he basically just does whatever she Mm -hmm. says begrudgingly later on we find out that he's actually he he's so deluded he's like I'm going to be able to use her power to do what I want to do. <laughs> and then every time he gets near her, he just like completely melts and is subservient. Yeah. And it's just, it's a yeah. really, really sad thing to to witness. Really. I, um, I think in this sense, this is not the fullest picture because we'll see this, this play out later on. But what Polly, was it? No, no, no. It's what Diggory said to uncle Andrew saying that he will get what he deserves. In a sense, this is this is in a very small showing of that. You will see that most definitely later on in the book, and I think Bruce knows what I'm talking about. Only one of the funniest sections of the book there is. Yes, but um, <laughs> that's that's coming way later in the book. That's yeah. I don't know. Is that that's closer to the end? I think it's yeah. like two or three chapters to the end. Yep. But um, yep. it's super funny. <laughs> it really is. We'll get there. But I, I'm thinking that this is a very small that he, he now has to serve this witch that he brought to this world. Hmm. Yeah. He didn't bring it. He messed he, with this and right. it led to, right. yeah, as a repercussion mm-hmm. of his actions. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. He messed with a power he didn't understand and shouldn't have messed with, and it led to. And he did it out of greed. He what his yeah. his yeah. motives were very impure, and what he sacrificed, what he did to get to that point was, right. you know, pretty horrible as is described. And so Diggory, I I don't even know if I want to say this because well, this will come up later. So I I, I just I won't say it. I won't say it. So we'll, yeah. we'll continue on. Yeah, well, that's actually all I wanted to say right now um, for this episode. So if you had one quick thing you wanted to add, 30 seconds or whatever, um, well, go for it. I do, I do want to say, this is not anything about the book. I do want to say a lot more things. I, hopefully, as we continue later on in the book, we can go back to previous chapters and bring up more things. Because, again, we don't want to spoil the story. But as we continue on, we can say, oh, look, remember this, what we said in the beginning, here's it, here's its final sort of 
in- culmination. Culmination, yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully as we continue on, we'll be able to bring all, all that much more of these yep. things up because there's certainly a lot of things that I still want to say that oh, yeah. I feel like I, I shouldn't because, yeah. I don't. again, I don't want to spoil it for later on. Yeah, and it's um, so tough to so, dance around spoilers. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. and nice. also read along with us. This is, mm-hmm. this book is really, really good. That importance, the yeah. importance of that enough. Yeah. 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 We're not here giving you a, um, a summary of the story. Mm-hmm. We're here we're to give you, <laughs> right, right, right. We're here to give you small little things that maybe you wouldn't have realized, or maybe you have, we're just now saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. um, yeah. There's interesting themes that we think go out throughout the book, but throughout each chapter Yep, um, as yep. well. Awesome. And with that, thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget, our show website is trdshow.net. Watch all of our episodes on our website for free. We highly recommend going to trdshow.net slash episodes to do that. Uh, you can send us an email by going uh, sending your emails to trdshow at protonmail.com. Thanks again so much for watching or listening to us today. We're looking forward to seeing you on Friday when we have quite the discussion topic episode coming up for you then. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>